Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Narrowgate Podcast. My name is Benjamin Hoover, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm proud of it. And I work out of Roseville, California, <laughs> and live there too. Um, look at that. That's convenient. So, uh, on a frustrating note, I've re- tried recording this, and I liked the recording, and once again, there's the static that comes up, so I don't know how to fix that sometimes, so uh, so my only way of fixing it is to re-record everything. So, um, so yes, this episode. Now, this episode is all about change, and I have titled it, <laughs> kind of a working title, but I think I'm going to stick with this. It's called You Can Fight Changing, But You Won't Win, right? So, um, so this is really about highlighting the journey of change and those little sequential moments of, um, of what happens as to why do we go from this part of our self, that, this old part of ourself or whatever, to a new part of ourself. And um, so I'm, I want to make this, I don't want to make this nebulous. Anyway, so this thought occurred when I was walking with a friend of mine, and we were walking on this long bike trail that stretches through a, a good part of the Roseville town there, and and he was talking about this discovery about himself and the way that he operates in relationships and the things that he avoids maybe sharing out of out of fear or worry that um, as to how it's going to affect the relationship, mostly in the sense that that the person would pull away, right? And of course I can relate to that because I have my own ways of, of, of doing that, if not similar ways. And so we're talking about this and then we laugh together about uh, uh, just about wishing change would happen sometimes overnight. And as I was laughing about that, I, I started to think of, well, why doesn't it happen overnight, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting thought, is it not? So it got me thinking more on what is the... what how do we end up changing, right? Because it's not this overnight experience um, where we go from point A to point Z, we go through the whole alphabet. And it's marked with a lot of discomfort and pain and agony and thrill and risk and excitement and on and on and on and on. <laughs> so, um, so... Recalling this conversation with him, I, I started to put language around change. And the reason why I, I could do that is because I've I've been going through this journey, right? Like, it makes sense. I can put language to it. And that's my hope in sharing this is part part of my story and then part of just the, um, just the outline of change or the bullet point, point uh, process of change <coughs> is to... Um, normalize that for anyone who's listening like maybe you're gonna listen to this and think oh my gosh that's exactly what i'm going through or this is where i'm at right now and and i think that's important that we're able to put language to that because sometimes when we don't know what's happening in us um we think something's terribly wrong and we'll do whatever we can to fix it and so i do believe that um in in my theory on this (laughs) is that change is inevitable that there's this gravitational pull towards change and and we can fight it but we're not going to really win the battle so because it's it's bound to happen so um 
so just starting out, when we're talking about change, or in, in my words, changes, we're talking about going from, from something in ourselves that, that is unsettling to now something new, something different. <laughs> and what I believe that to be is our false self, which is comes into development when we're young, right? We're in our family, our personalities coming forth and but we're learning how to relate and connect and we're and 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 how our loved ones are relating connecting to us um deeply affect us now not permanently but they definitely have a a very strong imprint where neurologically things get etched in and then and then we live out we start living out this way only to eventually get to a point where it's not working anymore but we're talking about this this false self this <laughs> this way what i mean by that is we push these honest things about us down when we're not okay with something we're angry we're hurt we feel sad we don't like something we want to say no to something um or say yes to something take risks whatever it is <laughs> um we push that stuff down to maintain relational harmony so um so this is really what life is you know, is it's not changing the circumstances necessarily. It's it's um it's really about this uh this inseparable experience of transformation that's embedded into our humanity. <coughs> so um on this walk it became clear to me what this progression of change is. And so I expressed to my friend an excitement, you know, over this expanded insight. Um, so this is, this is a little bit of my experience. About three years ago, I became very frustrated. I had no clue why I was frustrated, like no idea whatsoever. It was just there, like bam, appeared. I don't know some defining moment as to when it happened, but it came up and I had just graduated uh, my master's program and working on my interning to become licensed. And, uh, and so beyond, this was beyond my academics and training, like I just felt this, this, um, ubiquitous presence of frustration, right? That's a fancy word, right? This, this ominous, like all encompassing, all consuming experience of, I am just so frustrated and I don't know why. And, uh, and so this was actually, this was beyond my academics. This, this was deeply personal. Something was going on in my soul, you know, in terms of the way I lived and navigated life. So, now, I've taken risks in my life, throughout my life. I've needed to, right, in order to grow and change. That's had to happen to get to where I am. However, what typically would steer the ship would be this self-constructed security system I lived. I only wanted to make movement if I was certain of the outcome. And if there was little to no certainty... I stayed in this sheltered zone, and um, and I didn't want to take risks and say like dating or friendships, like or deepening my, uh, um, deepening my connection with friendships or or uh, um, moving in my passions or traveling. Um, I dreamed about that, I fantasized about that, but I stayed stuck in that, and and yet I longed for change in these areas. And then even in my spiritual connection, I had grown so tired of the way I connected with God or just being in communities and the way we connected with God or, or just with one another. You know, I wanted something that was deeper and real. 
for me. And it was beyond church services and worship gatherings and conferences and support groups. Like, I wanted something more authentic. But I didn't know that. Like, I mean, I kind of sensed that, but I didn't know what to do with it. It just was there. And so this led to eventually taking risks. I was tired of living in that sheltered place. I... <coughs> um, I... I began to make movement in these areas where to connect genuinely with God, like opening myself up, being more honest with, with this being that's out there. Um, and, uh, you know, and genuinely connecting with, with God, with myself and others and being bold in the arena of dating. Um, even if I didn't know it was going to work out, like, like even with some friends, some female friends in my life, like, you know, just hanging out with them. Not who knows what would unfold, right? But and the old Ben wouldn't even touch that, right? So those moments, that is. And um, so so I, I started to, to uh, explore this more of life without the hindrances of judgment and shame. Because I hit a point, I would say several months ago, where like I no longer felt judgment and shame. And, uh, and realized that God wasn't shaming and judging me. And I experienced this beautiful freedom of, oh my gosh, I can explore life. And I can learn from it and grow from it. That's what's important. So, um, but the frustration was no longer wanting to live in the shadow. Or stifled or suffocated by fear. Or this internal voice of judgment. Or crippled by the reactions of others. Um, another way of saying this is I wanted to be free. And not in the sense of... Yeah, I could do whatever I want. I mean, I guess I can, but there's there's ramifications for that. But it was more like I I want to be free in my own skin. Um, it, it had less to do with I can go do whatever, and more of I just want to be free in me. I don't want to be constrained or restricted within myself. I want a love that that has ex- that expands continuously and deepens to indulge and stay connected to myself in the moment. Uh, to really enjoy the the present experience, uh, to share this message of love that I've I've encountered to others through my own uniqueness, my own way, right, and to continuously explore the mysteries of life. And this is where I I really believe true religion, what true religion is, is about reconnecting with all of life, and it's about living in the uncertainty, and the paradoxes, the ambiguity while pursuing the mysteries. It's not giving up and saying, well, I don't understand, so I won't live. It's like, no, I don't understand, but I want to, I want to know more. I want to grow. I want to get, I want to see something differently. It's about turning towards and not away, not withdrawing from life, but, but continuing to pursue and living honestly and authentically, like growing more in that where, where there's nothing shadowed in myself or pushed away. (laughs) So, um, so this is what my restlessness was about. I had, hell if I knew what that was, but I, I no longer wanted to be barricaded by the impediments of my childhood or that, that voice that was so critical within me or even the projected distortions of unto God or to stay hidden, living in the shadows. <laughs> I was really, for better lack of word, I was chomping at the bit uh, for something within to burst forth and illuminate this divine love that's always lived inside me but was obfuscated by 
a wounded way of living in the world. So, um, <clears throat> but I couldn't fully understand this restlessness uh, until I embraced it and followed it, listening to the moments that told me to go here or go somewhere, right? Surrendering that illusory security of uh, illusory, illusory, that's a weird word, security of having to be certain. Because that's what it was for me, was I needed to know the outcome or else I wasn't going to take the risk. If it didn't end with hopefulness, if, with excitement, with pleasure, with enjoyment, joy, um, I'm not going to do it. If this girl isn't going to like me, then why am I going to, no way. But that's not, but that's not how life is wired. That's not the script. <laughs> so, um, so I started to have to, like, I, I'd feel this, and maybe some of you that are listening have felt this. There's just this mysterious compelling of, I've got to go and do this. And that's when you know, when you start to feel that fight in yourself, like, there's this, there's this pull of, like, you've got to go here, but there's yourself or this nudge to go somewhere, and then you feel yourself pulling back, like, and trying to think it over and over again, usually that's a good sign to go and do it. And some might argue with me on that, but more often than not, that probably is the opportunity to go, and then the seeing comes after that, the knowing, the understanding. Maybe not right away, but eventually. <laughs> and so that's how life works, is we enter in the mystery, surrendering the, 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 the whole knowing thing, but the knowing comes and going and doing. And so um, when I did, then each moment was, a pivot, was pivotal in the movement towards change, and I'm still on that journey. So this leads to the question of how do we change, right? I shared a little bit of, of my own experience, but how do we actually change? What, what, can we put some tangible language to that, right? Um, <coughs> and so, again, I'm able to, I think I'm able to do this because I've been going through this journey of transformation, and now it makes a little more sense. Now I, now I have language to put it. Now I can say, oh, I'm so restless and frustrated right now, something's happening, right? I mean, yes, I still want it to not be there. I want to figure it out right away. But but I'm getting to the place where, you know, I settle into it. And so, um, but, but again, the question of how do we change, it might seem nebulous. But I think once we go through the process, we can start forming a language that helps us understand it. <coughs> and we can fight all we want. But again, it's unavoidable. There is this strong force or pull that moves us towards a deeper connected living. Something out there, which I would say is God. Um, again, God is just a term for a mysterious presence or being. You know, I, I think we do a disservice when we try to um when we try to demystify this mysterious love um that's birthed us in this world is moving us. But anyway, um that there is something out there that is moving us towards this beautiful living and growth. Or, or connectedness. So, um, so first it starts with discomfort, right? And some of you may connect with that, re recognize that. It starts with discomfort. And, and it manifests in restlessness. Like, I'm anxious, I'm restless, I'm frustrated. And, and, and another way to kind of phrase this is something just feels off. It doesn't feel right anymore in our life. You know, or the or relationships, specific circumstances. It, things just stop working the way they once did. They lose their potency. They, 
they lose their shine. Um, they they lose their their power, and and that can be really scary. Um, it can be terrifying. You know, just I think I've had those moments where I would just feel this hopelessness of, oh, like this just isn't what it used to be. And so, uh, and, and so maybe a better way to actually say this <laughs> is less about the circumstances and more about the way we connect, we see it, or we relate, or respond, or react to it, um, to to any of these elements of life. It loses its grip and effect. It just again stops working. But all we have is this beginning experience that things feel off. We're tired. We're burned out. Exhausted. Frustrated discontent is probably the best word for that. Um, just this, ugh, I don't like this anymore. And, you know, or this causes too much pain, or I keep hooking up with all these people, and it just, and then I just feel so empty afterwards. Like, what is going on? <laughs> so, uh, or, you know, weed loses its effect, or drinking just has caused more problems. Like something, again, something happens where, you know, we could be doing this one thing or engaging this one thing for so long and then the misery of it intensified. Um, so now, but the awareness hasn't quite kicked in. We're just aware that we're miserable about it. But the language is underdeveloped and missing. And so this leads us possibly, hopefully, to seek outside resources. Someone that's outside of ourselves who maybe helps us see what's going on within. That can put language to our disturbance. Um, I think at first our motive is like, is to metaphorically shake the person we're seeking, which is maybe it's a spiritual leader, the therapist, some kind of guidance, whatever. Um, we want to shake them and say, get this out of me. Like, end this, Right. This, this obnoxious presence. But I think if we fall into good hands, that that other person, in their wisdom, will only inform us that they don't have the answer, but they're going to they're gonna walk with us in finding it, right? Now, they may have some idea, but again, no one knows entirely where the journey is going to lead, what's going to come as a result of this. We can, we can surmise it to some extent, but everyone's journey is unique to their own and what they discover and learn about themselves. So, um, but you know, too often I've found that others, whether it's been personally a personal response to me or I've seen it happen, um, people respond with feedback and solutions and giving people answers to their problems instead of acknowledging just the feeling and exploring with them the, the, the meaning within it. Um, they dole out solutions to like these existential wrestlings and superficially scratch the surface and and really does very little to promote deeper change um, and so I think that like you know um well, I'll share an example after this but but you know like someone wise uh that can sit in the ambiguity and the tension and and us struggling through it um doesn't give some shallow answer, but it instead helps us embrace the present state and struggle that we're in um, with the hunger for change and greater meaning. Uh, such such a person, I would say, does bring clarity to the emotion, you know, and what it alludes to, 
right? But um, doesn't spell it out because they don't entirely know. But they don't give solutions really that disconnect the person from the state they're in. In fact, the goal is to help the person stay within that and follow that and not quiet that. So, um, so f- you know, to give an example, if someone is now starting to feel the, an anger that they've never been able to feel, and they feel it towards this one person in their life, a loved one that they would n- they were never allowed to feel that towards, um, then, uh, you know, or that particular family member, like the solution is not to say, well, why don't you spend more time with that family member, or forgive them, or, um, you know, or or think of what they've been through, or find something that you guys enjoy together. Like those, some of those are literal examples. Actually, probably almost all of them are literal examples that I've experienced people giving me solutions towards. And I'll tell you what, oh man, it pissed me off. It still pisses me off that that happens. And again, people are well-intentioned, but regardless, like, let that piss you off. Let yourself be pissed about it. There's a reason for that. So, so the, the best response, staying within this example, the best response is to assist the person in f- connecting their feeling, right? Feeling it, expressing the feeling of it, and, uh, and connecting their anger, that's what I mean. And eventually, hopefully, sharing it with that individual that they feel anger towards. Like, that's a part of beautiful change. But <laughs> when people give solutions um, that go against that, like... Like, imagine what they've been in, which is part of shaming, in my opinion, or guilting or whatever. <coughs> or, why don't you guys do something together that you like? That, unfortunately, is a shortcut that is ineffective. What it does is it pushes that genuine stuff coming up in the person, that honest stuff that that is a, um, a very... Uh, accurate message of what's been done to them of of the unhealthiness of the relationship and and it's what it's doing is it's causing that person to push that away and we already do that enough it's important for someone who's safe and trusting and wise to allow that stuff to come up to acknowledge it to let it be there (coughs) to not tell the person or instruct the person to run away from it so and so the point too in all this is in this part of the stage of change is we need others to help us understand and explore ourselves, you know, especially the, the groaning that's associated with change. It's a huge part of developing awareness. Um, I, I don't really see uh, awareness growing or, or happening on our own. I mean, it might, but I think if all of life is relational, then all of life is going to teach us something, and we're going to teach that. So, uh, so the beauty of relationship is that we actually help one another change by reflecting, mirroring, putting words to the struggle or the pain or other emotion. And, and th- I'm excited about this line is that you can say that you're a light to their darkness. Because think about that. Like, we all have shadows within ourselves. We all do. And, and when someone who has gone through their shadows, through the shadow self, through the valley, and and they begin to see things in themselves. What's happening is it's it's things are being illuminated. So when people have gone through that and they're helping others to face their own shadows, they're they're illuminating. They're a, as Jesus would say, they're they're a lamp that that cannot be covered. They're a city on the hill, right? So this isn't just like you know people like to think that 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 this is evangelism. Like oh, we just talk about Jesus all the time. Like 
you know, and that's that's it. No, I don't think that's it at all. In fact, I think what he's talking about is when you go through your your journey of becoming authentic and facing all the shadows within, you are you you got it, and now you you have that light. So share that with other people. Help them face the things in themselves. This is this is it. Now people may disagree with that. That's fine. Disagree with it. But I like the thought. So um, so yeah. So there's this. You're 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 illuminating the shadows of an, in another person, <laughs> and you're allowing that to be done to you as well. Um, so what began as unconscious rumbling, rumblings within us it lead us to seek out help, where we begin to see the truth of our struggle and toiling. And that within the realms of being with another person or relational intimacy, we can enter into self-exploration and discovery. Learning about our pain and our hurt, our defenses, uh, the wounded ways we've tried to connect with people, um, and, and how we've pushed down our honest and true selves, right? <laughs> the anger within, the sadness, the, uh, the discontentment, the frustration, the whatever it is. Like, you know, we start seeing that stuff. And allowing that to be there. Um, and so from there, with our newfound self-consciousness, I don't mean in the shame, embarrassed sense, I just mean now we're starting to see what's going on in us, we enter into the next step, which is the ambivalence. And that, what I mean by that is it's a fork in the road. It's the stage of tension, this, this dueling... Uh, this this dueling experience within ourselves of of the old impulsive unconscious defensive ways of feeling safe protecting ourselves from harm of man maintaining relationship um, and that that becomes conf in conflict or hits conflict with something new this bold more vulnerable way of reacting that's unfamiliar to us and so. And so we hit this point where we we can <laughs> we start to see this. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't default to our old, old ways of reacting. Sometimes it happens, uh, or not sometimes, it's going to happen. Um, but, but we get back up, we learn from it, we grow from it. Um, we start to see what happened, what, what went off, what, what, what went wrong. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it starts to strengthen something within ourselves but but at this this point that we hit where we can make two decisions we go to the way that we, that's familiar to us or we go into the way that's met with a lot of uncertainty it's foreign it's alien and um and so 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 that's that's what we end up seeing in conflict and the the ambivalence of it is do i do this or do i go this way but this way i don't know i know the old way and, uh, but we also know that the old way produces a lot more problems at times and that the new way, we have no idea what's going to unfold. Now that doesn't mean, um, that, you know, it's going to be satisfying right away or, or result in something that we desire, but there's this strengthening that's happening. Um, if we allow ourselves to be open to the learning process, uh, it's going to push us forward to continue to learn, to continue to grow. Uh, it's going to set us up for the next experience or opportunity. And so, like a conversation, an internal conversation might go something like this. Like, well, normally I'd flip out and I'd cuss this person out or I'd slap them or, you know, just to hurt them, right? But instead, like, I'm going to share that I feel hurt. 
And I'm going to be genuine about that, that I feel really hurt right now. And I don't like what's happening between us. And I don't like how I'm being treated or something like that, right? Um, that's a new path. That's a new way of being. That's something that's way more vulnerable. And so, but, but this is, this is in this stage, there's this confliction. There's this going to the old versus attempting the new. <coughs> and so, um, and so this is the process of change, um, is it's this oscillating journey of growing towards fullness and deeper connection and, and then, and then turning back and going back to the old ways and uh, the, the, the young, underdeveloped, self-protective ways, right? And, uh, and so we often try to, I think, alter our external world. So like once we start feeling frustrated in our lives, we start trying to alter our worlds around us and we think that that must be it, and, which is fine. Like if you think you got to move to Europe or get a new house or have another kid or fine, like there's no shame in that, but like, but there might be something else going on, and because I, I did that, like when I was got so frustrated and tired, like I kept thinking, well, I either got to increase my awareness and insight, or I've got to go out and and <laughs> and I've got to do more and add more to my life, right? But I was challenged to just accept that this is where I'm at. I'm gonna change when I'm gonna change. If I do, when I do, who knows? But this is where I'm at right now. And that's fine. I can do things. But don't convince myself that those things are going to um, be the cure. I think the cure is, is when we embrace the unknown and these uncertain experiences happening within us. And we start, and when we, I think we allow that to be there. Uh, and, and we share and we talk about it and we see, like, um, and we don't have people trying to create solutions to it, or, nor do we ourselves try to, I think it actually begins to move us forward, whether we see that in that moment or not. So, um, so, so just to recap, uh, we all start, right, with our objects of security, habits, addictions, rituals, and it leads to a disturbance, restlessness, frustration, you know, there's several ways to say it. And, and out of this frustration, we're now compelled to, to, to start seeking, start seeking help, right? Which then leads to developing awareness and then making new moves that lead to the continual discovery and development of ourselves. And so this is, this is the chain. This is it. I don't know whoever's listening, what, uh, where you're at on that journey. But my hope is that you embrace it because really guys, this is inevitable. Like no matter how much you fight it, there's going to be this intensifying of, I can't stay in this place anymore. Something has to change. Something has to go. Um, I, I, it's, it's necessary. It's vital. It's integral. So, uh, so may you embrace this journey. May you embrace the change. May you see where you're at. Uh, and and allow that to be this beautiful part of this unfolding journey of becoming new. Take care, everybody.